Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Ryan Miner. You are listening to a minor detail on blogtalkradio.com slash a minor detail. You can find me on the web at a aminordetail.com. I am a Maryland blogger, and I'm bringing you some late-breaking news today. Uh, I'm going to have with me Greg Holmes, uh, a Prince George's County Republican. He's going to be joining me on the line, uh, and I think he's calling in right about now. Hi, Greg. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Ryan? Great. I'm. I appreciate the the time and the opportunity to talk today. So let's go right into it, uh, Greg. Um, well, thanks. Have... Thank you for the opportunity as well, Ron. Absolutely, Greg. You have a special announcement today, and uh, the time is yours. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Ryan. First of all, I want to uh, thank you for uh, uh, allowing me the opportunity to, to get on the show today. Um, and you have to excuse me. Um, my wife scheduled me a dental appointment earlier today, so um, oh, man. I have to do what I'm told to do. So, but my mouth is a little, a little sore. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm glad to be on the call. Uh, and what I want to share with you, Ryan, is that tomorrow I will be filing as a candidate for the U.S. Senate race here in Maryland as a Republican. U.S. Senate race as a Republican. So this is breaking news, Greg Holmes. You are yes. you're going to be filing um, to run as a Republican for the United States Senate in Maryland for the 2016 election. I just want to say congratulations. That's quite. Um, that is an election, and uh, this is uh, this is quite an opportunity. So let's talk about your decision. Um, Absolutely. H- how you how you got from uh, point A to to point B, and uh, what sparked your interest in this race? So, Greg, once again, the floor is yours. Okay. Well, you know, Ryan, this has been an interesting 2015 for me, um, uh, having uh, been part of. Um, back in 2014, historic win by uh, Governor Hogan and Lieutenant Governor Rutherford, and being have an opportunity to be part of that and and see history uh, being made. Uh, as you as you well know, the uh, Governor Hogan never held elective office; he's an outsider. And seeing the energy and, and being part of that, it tells me that you know, and the landscape is set right now for an outsider. Uh, to come in and do something historic get to do a Senate race. So um, halfway through the year last year, I accepted an appointed position with the Hogan administration as Director of Government Affairs uh, at the Maryland Transit Administration. And in that role, I had an opportunity to work closely with uh, residents and elected officials in and around Baltimore City to try to address some of the transportation infrastructure uh, needs in those areas. And it was through the through the many um, uh, workshops and uh, public meetings and meeting with residents and talking with elected officials uh, that really the interest kind of sparked because there's a wanting there's a there's a hunger and a thirst uh, in Baltimore County, Baltimore City, as well as Anne Arundel County for new leadership at, at all levels and and so we have it at the um, at the executive level and when uh, Senator Mikulski decided not to run. Um, through all my travels on my on my job, you know, I, to be honest with you, people started coming up to me and, and asking me about what else can they do to help me be better in the job that I was doing for the government. And so it really kind of sparked out of a not just ambition on my my you know on my end, but uh, kind of that wanting from the people I was interacting with on a daily basis uh, to try to bring change to government. Uh, I've never 
I've never worked in the government sector before. I've always worked private industry. And so, you know, the governor's mantra is we're, Maryland's open for business. So he tapped me from the business community to come in and try to bring some of those principles and values of business and ownership and accountability to government. And that's what they need to do. And so it's kind of an outgrowth and, and kind of a birth out of my role and, you know, that role with, with uh, NCA um, to this step here. So <clears throat> now that you have you've worked with Governor Hogan, uh, you were part of the administration, you accepted the appointment, but since running for the United States Senate, you've had to uh, step down from that position. Is that correct, Greg? That is, that is correct. Yesterday was my official, was my last day um, as Director of Government Affairs. And so um, that was a, obviously a requirement uh, if I sought to run. So um, I think anything worth having is worth risking as well. So I don't, I don't think you can have to do anything. Right. Uh, either you're in or you're not. And so the fact that I've uh, – there, there, there's some people, Ryan, who said, hey, you, you have a good job, and my response has been, but it's not great. And when great is put in front of you, what do you do? I think you, I think you seize it. Well, I, I think that with any opportunity in life, you have to weigh the balance of your decisions and, and do what is best for yourself. So when you jumped into this race – these races aren't just a, a one-man band. It takes a family decision, and I'm I'm assuming you're. It, it, sometimes it takes more so with the family, and you know this. It may you know it could take some convincing. Did how did that fall into place within your own family? I, I tell you, I've been married 21 years. Uh, I have two boys. Uh, each had a birthday in the last two weeks. One turned 15. One turned 19. One's a ninth. A 15-year-old is a ninth grader. 19-year-old is a is a 12th grader. And to be honest with you. My wife knew. I mean, it wasn't convincing. You know, I don't, Ryan, I, I don't try to sell, convince, or beg anybody to, to do anything. My, my, my goal is to engage and to relate and to uh, um, put myself, try to put myself in other people's shoes because I, I, would, I would hope they would want to do the same thing. So for, for me, it wasn't convincing my wife. What it was was I needed to show her um, how passionate I was about this how engaged, you know, and what this really meant could mean for not only our family but other families um, who are struggling. And so, um, so we, you know, we've had those conversations and we continue to have those conversations. Again, I've been married 21 years, uh, and we've been together 25 years. Um, she knew, and it was just mm -hmm. a matter of me coming to her and saying, hey, this is something that I think we could do for the state. How we I, deserve. You're from is if, if please correct me if I'm wrong, but you're from Upper mm -hmm. Marlboro, which is in PG County. Is that correct? It is. Okay, and you have plenty of experience. As I'm looking at your website, GregForMaryland.com, uh, you have plenty of experience in the private sector. And yes. let's talk about that. Let's. Uh, I'd like okay. to learn more about your background and what you okay. offer. Uh, in terms of uh, experience and how you would apply that in the United States Senate for for Marylanders. Well, great, Ryan. Um, it, it, for me, it's all about small business, and, and it's it's about um, it, it. It troubles me sometimes when people who've never been in business or never worked for small business say that small business are an engine of the uh, of the business sector of the, of, of the country and do nothing to facilitate and help grow and expand those businesses. Uh, my wife is a business owner, so I'm I'm very passionate about the, our business sector. 
uh, here in the state of Maryland, I think we have untapped resources, uh, untapped human capital, and untapped infrastructure. Uh, and I think it takes it takes leadership to understand uh, how you fuse those together. And so just in my short time with the Hogan administration, that is, it's one thing we did, you know. Let's take transportation. So I was in transit. And so one of the things we did in my office was we created a business development position that didn't exist. And why do we do that? Because if we're trying to get – people are trying to get to and fro jobs every day. So transit is a conduit for that. Well, how can transit uh, realistically um, uh, meet the needs of people if you don't know where the jobs are? So you have to have relationships with the Amazons, with Under Armour, with Horseshoe, uh, and, and with some of the other um, – uh, with Fort Meade, some of the other job centers to understand what their growth model is so you can fully support getting workers to and fro. So that's well, what certain- I talk about, having having a, having a business mindset, understanding that it's not just it's definitely a two-way street. Well, you certainly have a, a long career of of experience and, and various facets and industries. And I'm just reading from your website. It said that you worked in project management and business development yes. for over 15 years. And as a self-employed executive facilitator, you have a proven track record as a business developer. And you've shown a penchant for bringing people together with a shared interest to achieve business success. And, man... That experience alone in the United States Senate working with both Republicans and Democrats coming together on legislation, um, I think that's exactly what it that what is needed today in the United States Senate at a government level um, and to actually accomplish something for Marylanders. Absolutely. I, absolutely. I, I couldn't have said it. I couldn't have said it better. We are on the cusp right now uh, in this country, I believe, um, and the, that, that one thing that that obstacle is leadership. Is you know what we're going to disagree. I, believe me, I, I've been married 21 years. I don't agree with my wife all the time. Okay, neither does she with me. But we understand as a partnership. At the end of the day, we're trying to achieve something. And if you're there to govern, you know part of that is to you're not going to get everything that you want, but understand that you hold on to your convictions, your principles, and your values. You don't, you, you don't want to give those up, but you understand that we're there to govern. We're there to help as many people as possible. And being able to work across the aisle and, and bring people together, that is uh, one of my fortes that I've been successful both on the private sector side and on the government side here just recently with the Gov- uh, Hogan administration. Excellent. Greg, um, so you're – not only that, you are involved with uh, your church, um, and absolutely, your, and you said you're a proud, active member of the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden in Prince, Prince George's County, and yes. you also mentor an African American, uh, fifteen African American young men. And Greg, you yourself, you are an African American male, and I believe, I am. The, um, and so that would leave you know yourself, and of course Donna Edwards, who is an African American female on the Democrat side running for office and i think it's it, it and and pardon the expression but uh would in the republican party um we are trying very hard to reach out into um diverse communities and um let's talk about uh let's talk about that uh, you're you're okay. a republican and an african american male um it's sometimes few and far between but i love it i love that you are that you've embraced the values of the Republican Party. Sure. Yeah. It, it, it's, 
you know, it's in the black community, and it's and it's interesting. Um, and I've had these conversations with a number of Republicans. They everyone wants to know how, and I say you just do. You know, you do any exactly. You do not walk around. You know, you do. You want something? I, I, I'll just use this example. I pursued my wife because I wanted her, <laughs> and I got her. There so you go. Whatever you want, you pursue. And I would just like to see that the party pursue being more inclusive, being more diverse, uh, and coming, being more actively involved in communities. I mean, it's not just in election time. And I think that's the biggest thing, Ryan, is to be active and make it a core part of wh- who and what you are. Um, so you don't, so when the election time does come, it's just a natural as opposed to, you know, here they come again and, and we won't see them in another two or four years. Right. Um, that That is... <laughs> Uh, the quickest way not to win someone over is to only come with your hand held out as opposed to with a hand up. And the opportunities here, I mean, I think we, we at least from my, where I sit, I see it in Baltimore City um, working on, on the transit side, and I see it in Prince George's County where I live. You know, the opportunities here for someone to transcend um, the divide between minorities and Republican Party. It, it, it is not just a fictional divide. There is a there is a divide there, but it also persists in opportunity. Um, I, I, so I I've think, been, I've been, you know, and I think it's someone that it's a you understand you come from a community um, that the Republican Party um, hasn't always understood, and I mean that sincerely. That it, it we're, you mm-hmm. know, and and I think that um, having someone like yourself who is not only a Republican, but you were – I mean, this is about Maryland, and that's what I see right. – that's what I see is reflected in your website, that it's it's not about race. It's not about uh, gender. Nope. It's not about uh, anything else other than issues and putting Maryland Marylanders back to work uh, through new leadership and someone like yourself. And um, I, I've – I've gotten to know you just a little bit um, over the last uh, few months and sure. um, now just reading your website. Um, what I like about you is that um, – and we've talked about this, and, and you you sort of consider yourself as a liberty person. Am, am, am I right to say that? Uh, absolutely. And and that really kind of draws me into your candidacy. Um, I, I'm, I'm naturally drawn to people who support a liberty agenda and and who believe that government is most effective when it's the smallest. And you and yes. I talked at a uh, earlier at a debate, and we, we sort of got mm-hmm. into that. So let's jump into a little bit about the issues. Um, and okay. um, at the top of your website, on your issues page, you have the three tabs that are at the very top of the page are education, criminal justice, and national security, which I would argue are – three huge, hugely important issues that you're going to tackle within the United States Senate. So let's right. talk about education. Um, you know, a good education, you wrote, is the best opportunity we can give to a person to succeed in life. Um, and so let's talk. So you have, you, you talk about your uh, your non-support, that you do not support Common Core. How can we no, make sir. education, how can we make education, um, how can you as a United States Senator Work to improve our education system in the in America. Well, I, I well, having being a being a father of two boys, I have my 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 twelfth graders going to be going off to college, and my wife's and I, our biggest concern is what in the world did he learn in the last four years? Because it seems as though he is no better off his ninth grade year than he is in his twelfth grade year. 
He's gotten a little taller, gained a little bit more weight, reads a little bit more, but at the end of the day, can he as 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 Devin Holmes go out and get a job right now? And that job leads to a career. That's our biggest concern, and we don't believe he can right now. We don't believe that the schools the school system is set up to help provide him the skills necessary to achieve in a global economy. And we're business people. You know, so our biggest concern is how do we build a build a a reservoir, if you will, of talented, highly skilled young people, why do we have to wait till they're 25, 26? You know, we need to be able to figure out a way through opportunity schools. I mean, I know a lot of people like charter schools, and, I, and I'm off school choice, but we need to have opportunity schools. And these opportunity schools <clears throat> are built on where the economy is going, where the global economy is going, um, and, give, and help our kids have the skill set, develop the skill sets to get them there. And not everybody's going to college. And the cost of college right now is again. I'm, I'm a. He's a 12th grader, so you know we're knee deep into college tuition and what it's going to cost. And you're talking about anywhere around between forty and fifty thousand dollars a year to educate um, one job for one year. Right. I mean, so you're talking two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand over a four year period to have him learn what. And so we need. So it's incumbent on I think families number one because you're right. Government can't do it all. Um, to really double down in understanding that the education system gives gives our kids they just check a box, but it has no application into the business world. And so I yeah. think to be able to fuse business principles and practices in the school systems today is the only way that we we're going to get our kids prepared for the future. Ryan, what I'm saying is. We have to create those pathways now. My son needs to know. My ninth grader today knows more than my 12th grader did at the same point in time because we saw what was going on in our 12th grader, and we said, okay, it's our job to create a pathway for his future. He has to know and understand that the education system that he has right now only gets him so far. Right. Let's move on. And that's a huge concern of ours, and we're, cause we're, we're right there. Let's move on to criminal justice. Uh, yeah. You support reforming unfair sentencing laws that punish some groups or people more than others. Look, we have a problem in Baltimore City, cool. and it's been exacerbated, I believe, largely in due part to some of the policing practices implemented during the O'Malley administration. And Absolutely. every time I see Martin O'Malley on television <laughs> uh, talking to an audience and talking about uh, what a grand success that his tenure was as Baltimore City Mayor, I just want to shout at my television and said, you know, that's that's absolutely wrong. Um, right. We have many people in Baltimore City who can't find a job as a result of, um, you know, past indiscretions uh, or have come out, um, uh, you know, that that are, are having or that are struggling because of some of these um, criminal justice issues. Let's talk about some of your plans and your ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, and and I, and I know the 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 sexy words or terms these days of criminal justice reform. Me, for me, it's sentencing reform. It's really in the sentencing of of uh, of crimes that's really the major. I think one of the major issues that we have to tackle, um, and that goes back to how our judges interpret law. Uh, but but let's go back to what you talked about, Baltimore City. You're talking about young people and families um, who are un unfairly profiled, if you will. I mean, so we have to go back to how our police even uh, are trained and what they're trained in, uh, even before we get to sentencing. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, we're talking about a holistic approach to solving a very difficult and long 
a longstanding issue in not just black communities, just in communities in general. Um, and so it's, so it's yes, the sentencing reform, but it's also police training and getting back to the days, I think, Ryan, when you and I think I'm maybe a little bit older than you, when the police officer actually knew the people in the community. I know in Prince George's County here, I, I would say anywhere between 30 to 45% of the police officers don't live in the county. And so when you have the police officers that don't live in areas that they represent, it is just a job, and you're not part of the fabric of the community. So there are a lot of different things that, that, um, that we need to um, work on in our communities and in our laws to help try to uh, stem the tide of the high levels of recidivism that, um, that lead to, you know, crime in our communities. Yeah. Uh, National security is on the forefront of everyone's mind. The first job of our United States Congress and uh, and the Senate, um, you would have an opportunity to to vote on some real, you know, some, 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 you know, you could possibly send this to war. um, Sure. And you have the, you know, you're going to be voting on treaties. Um, But most importantly, we're concerned. I mean, I know in my own family, we're concerned that our government is taking the proper precautions to protect us from terrorist attacks, from ISIS, and some you know some of these other nefarious elements that are mm-hmm. um, that are affecting us worldwide. So you know, briefly, uh, Greg, what is your what is your thoughts on our national security uh, issues uh, currently? Well, we, I, you know, I think you said it. I mean, we we face a lot of threats, both domestic and and, and abroad, and um, one of the things I'm really really concerned with, and I again, I, I mentioned that to teenagers, is the fact of how our government actually seeks data, metadata information. I mean, my, my sons and, and their generation, you won't catch them without a cell phone. And, 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 and there, if you guys don't know, there's a tracker, there's a locator on every iPhone that you have, and someone's tracking where you're at. And so we have a huge concern, at least in our house, um, about how, how I, what information our kids uh, have access to and who's tracking that information. And I, and I think that the, uh, the government has overstepped its bounds in some respects. Amen. It relates to our privacy. Um, and so that's a huge concern of us because, I, I, I mean, in our household, it's happened, you know, and I'm not going to go too far in detail, but, you know, you're able to track or locate my son off his cell phone. And, um, yeah. and so I think that I think as a government we need to work obviously with our technology companies and with our providers of these uh, smartphones and instruments to um, not be used, have our own technology used against us, if you will. And so well, I think that's first part of, of you know of protecting America is making sure that the Americans you know understand what their own rights are and the government and, as well. And I and and another point that you know as a United States senator um, I see many. In the Republican Party, I see many hawks, um, and that's fine. But and, and right. it seems like their first alternative to any global conflict is war or and or nation building. Which uh, first, you know, being in the job of nation building in this country, um, it certainly doesn't always work out. I mean, look at Iraq for an example. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you when you when you vote to send Americans and our American military men and women into combat, that is. Uh, that is one of the most pivotal and important decisions that you would make as a United States senator. Right. And uh, I, I feel like many of the Republicans within within our party, um, in, in, inside the United States Senate and Congress, um, they they fail to see the consequences of 
of rushing into war just to maintain that that hawkish moniker of you know right. let's be tough on national security. Um, I think war should be the absolute last uh, last resort. Yeah, the last resort. So uh, let's yeah, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, no, I I, I agree as well. I mean, um, you know, protecting this country, like you said, is one of the uh, we're sending or going to war. It should be last resort. But protecting this country uh, should be number one focus, and it's about service. It's about our own nation built. I mean, we have the, the at any time in history, we have the worst infrastructure uh, that we could possibly have today. Uh, and so to, to sit back and see that we're um, going to spend tons of money and other countries trying to build and prop up uh, other countries for whatever interest, and I have a 15- and 19-year-old here in the house trying to figure out their way in this country, um, it really leads one to think of where our priorities should lie. Um, Always, I would always say, because you, you mentioned I mentor young men, I would always say, before you go tell anybody or help anybody with their house, make sure yours is strong. Right. Because you're producing something out of your own house. And Absolutely. And so when, when, I, when, I, when I think about that and I think about what we're doing as a country, yes, people need help. Yes, other countries need help. Yes, we're the um, largest, most powerful, greatest country in the world. But we have to take care of Americans first. And, and if we're not and, doing that, how can – what? What what are we promoting and what are we showing other countries if, you know, our people are hungry and our infrastructure is failing and uh, and we're in turmoil here here politically. We have about four minutes left in this interview. One of the most okay. important things that I'm looking for in a candidate to, to support for the United States Senate is someone who, one, fundamentally understands the Constitution, uh, fundamentally yes. who understands our Bill of Rights, and supports the Tenth Amendment in which anything that is not expressly reserved for the the federal government is left up to the states. I mean, the, the states, I believe, are the incubators of freedom. And mm-hmm. I'm looking for someone that's going to walk into the United States Senate and really apply the Constitution to every decision in which they make. And there's a few senators um, in the United States Senate now um, that who do that and do it very well. And Greg, would you be one of those senators? I would. I would. I, it's funny you should say that. I'm sitting here with a smile on my face. I, I, had a, I had a meeting yesterday on my last day with a business owner. And I said, can, I, 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 we were just talking. And I said, can I ask you a question? They're like, yeah. I said, um, do you know what the true cost of your business is? And he said, what do you mean? I said, do you know and understand what the true cost of running your business? He said, absolutely. I said, imagine if our government knew that. Imagine if the government knew what the true cost of government is. And you said it, only providing for those things covered under the Constitution, and that's it. And it's the same thing with a business. So how is it that the business sector understands what the cost is of their running their business, and we don't as government? Right. Absolutely. I mean, it just it. I mean, it, it's a. But to answer your question, yes, I think the Constitution is is um, is our guiding light, if you will, um, and you know, it's not being interpreted or used to. Uh, further any personal agenda. It's about service. Um, Absolutely. And so, um, so yeah, Ryan, I, I appreciate uh, your time, and, and thank you for having me on the call. And my mouth feels a whole lot better after talking <laughs> to you, Ryan. Yeah, that's great. Um, so, like I said, we have about two minutes left. Um, Greg, okay. you have a few other opponents running, and uh, you yeah. know they've got a little bit of a head start, but um, I, uh, what makes you the best candidate in this race? 
Uh, man, Ron. Well, first of all, thank you, thank you for the opportunity to to, to get on, and and you did sure. jump the gun, if you will, and we were able to get this uh, information out first. Um, for me, I, it, it's real simple. I'm a Christian. Um, I want to please God and serve His people. Uh, I believe that this is a uh, a generational moment um, to run for U.S. Senate. It requires generational leadership. I think I have that. I possess that. Um, I have the vision, the mental toughness, and the intangibles uh, to lead a dynamic state and be a model for the rest of the country. And if you don't seize this opportunity, um, you leave it up to someone to guess about it. And, I, and, and things are too chaotic and things are too important today to leave it up to someone else to do what you know that you have in your heart to do. Absolutely. Greg, we're, we can find you on the website, uh, I'm sorry, on the web at your website, which is gregformaryland.com, and then it lists your um, issues and it shows you where you can donate and volunteer. Um, donate, you, I love that. I love that word, don't you, Ryan? Do, donate is, uh, is 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 one of the most important words to any candidate running for public office. Um, Absolutely. So, Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I have, and, and again, Greg, thank you for your time. Um, I, I I wish you the very best. I hope we can come. You can come back and we can talk more in Absolutely. depth about all of your issues, uh, where you stand, and what we can hope uh, to accomplish on behalf of all of Maryland. And so uh, absolutely. Um, I, I thank you, Ryan. And uh tell Kim I said hello. I didn't get a chance to talk to her last time. Um but uh, I'll be happy I wish to you guys this. well. And um and definitely look, I look forward to hearing from you again, okay? Greg, uh good luck with the rollout. I know that running for any any person who puts their name on a ballot, I give a huge amount of credit to. Um I wish you the very best of success moving forward and I look forward to some of the debates. Thank you, Ryan. All right. Take care. Have a great one, Greg. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Be best.